so we're like, all right, when we get away, I'm able to take off my mom kind of hat and, and have fun. How can we do that without traveling to these all-inclusive resorts, you know, every so often? Because yeah, it gets very expensive. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little differently, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily represent those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. We should also let you know that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, you should probably keep listening until it no longer does. If you're under 18, we'd suggest finding a different show or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 37! The parenting episode! We're Finn and Emma. Oh, wait. I thought we weren't supposed to be calling. Uh, but I, I changed my mind. I decided it's the parenting episode. Okay. Because well, it's like. You're going to be creative. We got a lot of episodes. Yeah. You know, to come up with different names. It's a good point. But this one is the parenting episode. I've dubbed it. Okay. Because the conversations in this show, episode, interview, <laughs> are are really awesome. Yeah. Um, there's some sort of spontaneous things that happen in the middle of this podcast that we. We basically left in unedited because yeah. it, it spawns some really awesome conversation around what happened. And I also wanted to mention that, um, yeah, it's it's just a, it's just an awesome conversation. And we're super happy that they reached out to us and we're willing to have the conversation that we did. Yeah, I hope everyone enjoys it and gets a lot out of it. And this one is a little bit longer than our normal episodes, but we wanted to make sure we just, yeah, because it's kick ass. Yeah, from we didn't start want to, to cut finish. anything out exactly. Yeah. So so tough shit if you don't like it. Yeah. Well, easy. Wow. Anyway, okay, we need to move on. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> Go get yourself some stdcheck.com. My turn. stdcheck.com to do online std check. Ing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your turn. <laughs> Please use uh, the link on our website if you want $10 off. And it's a really fast and easy service to use. Um, and then the other one we like to mention is the website Casty for online dating. You can get a free 30-day trial by using the link on our website. Or if you leave us a review on any iTunes or podcast platform, you can get a free 90-day review. I'm sorry. 90-day free trial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the practice room. Oh. Okay, let's go to the interview. All right, bye bye. Well, thank you, Philip and Elizabeth, for joining us tonight, taking a little bit of time out of your Saturday to sit in your closet and <laughs> and record with us, hiding from the family as we do. Uh huh. Um, do you mind just to get things started, introducing yourselves to the listeners, and and we'll go from there. Sure. I'm Philip, And I'm Elizabeth. And we are both 42 years old and have three kids and have been married um, almost 20 years together, 25. And you are, I guess, if you were to categorize yourself in terms of the way that you approach non-monogamy, 
do you do you have a way that you do that or do you just say eh, we're non-monogamous and come as it may I think that we consider ourselves um <laughs> I, I'm not sure how to answer that because I hate the word swinger. Um, that probably most accurately describes it, but we are very, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not good at it. You know. Sorry. You try that no, one. Sure. I think that's I fine. Would... And I think we can just, maybe we'll just dive into it more and uh, we won't yeah. force you to label yourselves. But I guess maybe a better question would be, how did you start exploring this and what did, what did the beginning of that journey look like? So we met in high school. We were high school sweethearts, and we went on to college together. Um, when we got married, I had not been with anybody else previously. Um, Philip had one kind of high school, you know, little romance thing, so he did have a little bit of experience, but not much. As we got married, we were very driven, very conscientious, hard workers. We worked really hard on our jobs and um, our family, and that was uh, we were very goal oriented. We often kind of experimented with some fun, sexy things. Like within the confines of just you two? Yes. Yes. We we had sex in the library at college. We would go to a nude beach here and there. We we pull around in cars. But yeah, so it was kind of on the fringes, but always and only with just each other. And um, then as we got more serious about our family, that took number one priority. That was always my dream to be a stay-at-home mom and to have kids and, and put my heart and soul into that. And so I did. And Philip did right along with me. Yes. But with that became your commitment to the kids. And I won't say not a commitment to us as a couple, but it was primarily as a mother. Mm-hmm. And that was very much driving our relationship for a very, very long time. Yeah. And, it's, I, you know, we, we had great sex then. It wasn't... Um, but it was definitely a, a source of contention at times of either not as often or, you know, maybe a little more routine type of things. And I, I knew that and agreed, but my kind of answer always was yes, but we're kind of in the middle of family time, you know, of, of, of being mom and, and, and dad and things like that. So in my mind, it was kind of like, yeah, I hear you, but we're not single and we're not, you know, to that point where we can, um, you know, run away for the weekend and, and go do those, those types of, you know, there's no more sex in the library when you've got, you know, little ones with you. Now you're in the children's section of the library. And, and uh, so yeah. it's just very different. Um, so, but we were very open into trying to make things work you know, with each other and, and to be happy and to be satisfied. So I don't think it ever got to a point where either one of us were unhappy with it. No. And I would agree with that. And how we started on this path, I think the very first thing that we did is as a young couple with young children, we only got away as a couple on a vacation once every four or five years. I'd always been aware of hedonism and had an interest. It sounded like a hell of a lot of fun. But I was always scared to go there and commit our one vacation every five years to this type of event. Yeah. Not knowing like, what if it sucked? <laughs> what, if it sucked? what if she hates it? This is the only time we have. We don't have a lot of money. Our focus is our life and our children. I, I don't want to ruin our once every five year vacation by going to a situation that was going to be very difficult. So one year we went to a vanilla resort that happened to be next door to Hedonism 3. We went to Sandals in Jamaica. Yeah. Okay. And we a day pass over to Hedo 3. And um, it was... That was that was a good compromise. I mean, you had a... Like, you were able to have a day pass so you could check it out, but you didn't commit to a full vacation there. Right, right. And it was eye-opening. It was... 
it was interesting. There were people playing volleyball naked. There were people having, you know, sex on their balcony and everybody knew. And that was the first time that we saw anything like that, you know, and then it was not anything that we were very comfortable with. I don't think we got naked. We had to get naked. So we did a little bit. But I remember when you needed to go get drinks at the bar, like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> like, I got to walk past all these people. It wasn't something we were like, oh, we found our home or anything like that. Right. Um, but it was interesting. We did have really hot sex in the hammock uh, away from everybody else. So it, it was always a charge, but it wasn't something that we felt super comfortable with. And mm-hmm. then we went back to our vanilla resort and again, had, you know, a really great time, but it was kind of like, okay, yeah, check that box. That was fun. Now let's go back to being mom and dad when we get home. And um, how many years it, ago was that? That was 2007. Okay. Okay. So 11 years ago. So I guess leading up to that, I mean, even just the conversations of, I feel like a lot of people, if they have never really looked into this type of thing, if, if they were to go to their partner and say, Hey, um, what do you think about going to hedonism? Their partner would probably have a little panic attack or a big one was, I mean, when you broached the subject with Elizabeth, did it, was it a, a, a point of contention or were you both sort of on the same page? Like, yeah, this would be something that would be fun to entertain or was it, was it an issue at all? At that point in time, it was, I think you're nuts. I, I don't think we're going to like this, but what the hell, it's just a day we can go. I, I was, I would not have been comfortable going for an entire vacation. Um, but like I said, there, there was a part of me that, that liked the, you know, and I remember being younger and, and some of those little more risky, sexy things. And it was never about other people. It was always about us, you know, being sexy together. And, um, it was a relief to kind of, when we did get away of, wow, I love the kids, but this is a lot of fun. And we kind of rekindled and found that coupleness together of, you know, just talking and drinking. And I don't even think we made a lot of friends on the vanilla resort. It was just, it was just nice to be together and have that connection again. So no, I wasn't worried or scared about going, um, I think I probably chatted with, uh, you know, and there was lots of um, beach chairs available. And of course, somebody came and sat right next to us and um, he dropped his drawers and sat down. He was like, well, hi there, guys. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, and I, I had a conversation with him and it was fine. And I think Philip just kind of looked the other way, like, what the hell are we doing? Um, <laughs> so, no, I, it was it was good and it was fun. But like I said, I didn't feel the need to do any more. It was kind of for me, okay, that box was checked. Right. Where the original, the original conversation was it around just going and being naked and being sexy together. There was no talk of like, what about introducing other people to our sex life? Absolutely not. No interest in that. No, I don't even think that was part of the discussion. And no. for me, I wanted it to be clear. I had no interest in that. And if that's what he wanted, that was a whole nother set of conversations we needed to have because that was totally off limits to me. And if that's why we were going, we needed to talk about that because that was not okay with me. Um, so I was all for us being together and being adults and having fun, but not okay. other people. Sure. Yeah. So then fast forwarding from there, we came back to vanilla life, family life, did nothing else in the interim. Um, fast forward to, I think, two thousand. 13, which was our next vacation that we took as a couple. It was our 15th wedding anniversary. That's correct. And we went to, again, a vanilla resort in Costa Rica. All-inclusive. It was a beautiful resort. We had a little private pool in the back. It was on a cliff, um, but it was very private. Secluded. So we could be naked. She could lay out topless. And 
it was a very sensual and sexy environment. We had an amazing time by ourselves. Um, just being together, being just a couple again in what was a very sensual environment. Didn't talk to anybody else. Matter of fact, the resort closed up at nine o'clock. Everybody was in bed and everybody was gone. But it was it was a great time, just the two of us. Yeah, we had a lot of sexy fun with each other on that trip. And that was kind of and our kids were getting older, so it was easier to leave and, and, and kind of let loose and things. Um, but yeah, so that was, was like, OK, that was fun. And then we came home and, um, so we're like, all right, when we get away, I'm able to take off my mom kind of hat and, and have fun. How can we do that without traveling to these all inclusive resorts, you know, every so often? Cause yeah, it gets very expensive. What can and, we and do? And five years. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, Philip started figuring, you know, looking around of, okay, where could we go to have some, some sexy fun that's not so far. And, um, so he came up with the idea to visit, um, Trapeze, which was a, a sex club about three hours from us in South Florida and, um, said, you know, what if we went down there for New Year's Eve? And I was pretty hesitant because this was something totally new and different. It's like, look, we don't want other people involved in our sex life. Why would we go to a place where that's where you find people? Like, that's why everybody is there. That's not what we want to do. Right. Um, we had a lot of conversations about what the intent was, and it always came back to, it was for us to be sexy in a sexy environment, for us to be able to just kind of do what we wanted to do and not feel, um, you know, judged and, you know, there's no families around and, and things like that. And so we agreed to do that. And we went down there for New Year's Eve, not knowing that that was, you know, the holy high day of swinger. Yeah, I was going to say, at least you picked a calm weekend to give it a try, huh? <laughs> Jeez. It so nice. It just worked great because it was easy to say we were going away for New Year's Eve. Right. Yeah. 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 Leading up to that, it was, it was super exciting. I was very charged up. I thought it was going to be a great night. But then we get in the car to drive down there and I'm waiting for her to say, forget this. Let's just turn around. And I'd be like, OK, well, let's just turn around. But neither of us did. Oh, and it was the opposite. I'm like, oh, we're doing this. <laughs> like, we're in the car. You've talked to me. And we've gotten this far. We're, we're going. Like, we're, no backing down now. So, Philip, you were a little nervous once you were actually going then. Yeah, I usually have big ideas, but I get very nervous. And if she would have wanted <laughs> to pull the plug, I would have turned the car right around. And I'm the opposite. I have the anxiety building up. But once we're you know, we're going, it's game on. No, we're not backing down now. So it's it's interesting, the dynamic there. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually make it to South Florida on New Year's Eve, and we go have dinner, nice time by ourselves. We show up to Trapeze, um, you know, maybe 9, 10 o'clock, whatever it was. Um, and to our surprise, there's a line out the door waiting to check people in. So naive. <laughs> so we're waiting in this line to get into the club, and finally we get to the front of the line and the bouncer standing in front of us. And we are terrified. Absolutely terrified. I, in my no mind, clue what's on the other side of the right. Door. In my mind, we're going to walk in and all the swingers are going to hold us down and have sex with us. And it's going to no, be, they were just gonna be naked and in an orgy. And it was just going to, yeah, it was. Yeah. So we were terrified. Needless to say. So we get up to the bouncer and the bouncer looks at us both straight in the eyes and says, are you guys ready to party? And we both look at each other <laughs> like they're going to have sex with us. What are we doing? Let's run. But we held it together, and we walked in the front door, and to our surprise, it was just a nightclub. And people were just there having fun and dancing, and nobody was having sex on the dinner table. You know, there was very few uh, naked people, except for the one guy in the cowboy boots who was, was otherwise later. naked. Yeah. Okay. No, it, it, was a, it was a great evening. <laughs> Anybody that's been knows just, you know, everything that you thought it was 
going to be, and especially trapeze. We've been to quite a few clubs now and realized that was a great place to start as far as being nervous because it's very high class. Um, and especially on New Year's Eve, everybody was really putting their best foot forward. However, again, no intention to talk to anybody, meet anybody. Literally, if somebody made eye contact with me, I made us move to a different part of the bar. You know, if I thought somebody was looking at us and wanted to speak to us and was going to approach us, nope, turn around, walk the other way. I, I had um, absolutely no interest and I got really good at that. Don't come talk to me. Look on my face. So it was, it was part of, uh, okay. Sorry. Family text. No, no problem. She was on a roll too. Well, that's our daughter saying, I can hear everything you're saying from the pantry. I heard what you're talking about. Then I left. <laughs> we'll explain it. Yeah. She's not going to be super surprised. How old is she? 16. Yeah. And we've actually, we'll talk about it, but we've kind of sort of come out to her. Is that your oldest? That is. Or your youngest? That's our oldest dog. The oldest. Yeah, we have 16, 10. Okay. Well, I heard that. That's funny. I'm so so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This this shit happens all the time, trust me. This is partly why it's taking me years let me just make sure she's okay. I didn't even say anything bad yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Go to bed before I get to the sexy part. Well, if you want, if you need to take a few minutes and call us back, that's fine too. We can. Yeah, let me just see what she answers. <laughs> I can hear everything you're saying through the pantry. <laughs> I can just see being a teenager trying to hear your parents. I just tried to get some Oreos, and now I'm, I'm, <laughs> my parents are at a sex club. Okay, so right around this point, um, yeah, Elizabeth stepped out to go talk to her daughter. We were chatting with Philip for a little bit, and then the audio kind of went to shit. And so when we cut back in here, it's basically we had called them back, and she was wrapping up her conversation, and we are going to just continue the interview as if nothing happened. Yeah. And don't worry. You're gonna, it's gonna be a little while before we circle back and you get to hear more about what just happened. We're not just gonna leave you hanging with, like, holy shit, what just happened, and then <laughs> we never talk about it. So, it's and me laughing a lot, it's coming, yeah, yeah, it's, it's sorry, <laughs> it's coming. So, just bear with us. We get back to the awesome conversation, okay? Still there, yeah, yeah. Okay, she'll be in just a second. Um, I was saying we, we put on the family calendar that we were having drinks by ourselves here at the house. And you could tell she was like, why did you do that? What is that about? And I, I when we were putting the kids to bed at 830 and like, OK, we're going in our room. I, I, I don't think it's an accident she was hearing. She, right. she wants to know what's going on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think she was curious of what are you guys doing in there? So I, I don't think it was an accident. She was positioned herself where she might hear something. Yeah. So, so the younger anyway. kids are already in bed. Yes. Yeah. The other two are in bed. Well, uh, we apologize for that. That's not fun. No. Uh, yeah. No, not a problem. It, um, yeah. We, we can share that story here in a bit when you ask us if we're out to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, as of three minutes ago, we were out to our daughter. <laughs> so she's okay? okay. She's fine. She was more saying if her younger sister sneaks in the pantry to sneak chocolate, then she's going to here because it's just on the other side of the wall of this closet, apparently. Okay. So 
Okay. That's right. I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so you, tell you were, yeah, you were about. talking about trapeze and I find it fascinating that you didn't even like want to talk to anybody. And I, and I understand not wanting anybody else in your relationship to join your relationship, but not to talk to anyone. I feel like that's even at a nightclub, a lot of people expect us to go and chat. And what was your feelings about that? Like going into that, what were your thoughts that the purpose of not talking to anybody else? To protect ourselves. To, to, I always viewed anything relating to other people being involved in our sex life as extremely dangerous. Um, to me, it was the gateway to us not being stable in a couple and breaking up our family. So I didn't see any reason to ever even introduce it. I have lots of vanilla friends. I I am totally fulfilled in that area of life of, of having friends, not to be rude, but I just, there was no need to add something that could potentially be very dangerous yeah, to our no, life. I think that makes sense. I mean, and I think I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that too. I mean, you said that your focus was the family and I'm sure that's the focus for many, many people. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I almost equated to kind of like cocaine when someone's like, Oh, it's so great. You got to try it. It's like, yeah, no, like that could ruin my life. Why would I introduce something that could literally ruin my life and everything I hold precious? I don't feel that way now, but that, that was how I felt then. And I felt that strongly about it. So yeah, it was, it was to preserve and protect something that was so precious to me. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so, so leaving there, I mean, obviously, well, did you end up talking to anybody that night or I'm assuming no. Oh, no, we didn't talk to anybody. We stayed throughout. I mean, we probably stayed till one. We did go to the back room. We fooled around with each other. I mean, we had a fabulous, fun, sexy night. And I left thinking, oh my God, that was amazing. That was so fun. Box checked, done, pack it away. Let's move on back to whatever we were doing. Where are we going to go on vacation next with our kids? Like it was to me, that was great, but you know, I'm done. And for me, it was, (laughs) that was the best night of my life. When can we do it again? (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's kind of and that was 2000 it was new year's eve december 31st 2013 so 2014 was a pretty rough year for us honestly um because that's where we kind of got to the point where um we were kind of wanting different things i mean we wanted to be a couple and be together but he wanted to do that more often and i remember us having conversations of well, you know, how many times a year would you want to go to be happy? You know, like what, what would I have to agree to, to make this okay for you? Um, and you know, what would be the the parameters and boundaries and things like that? I didn't want it to interfere and I didn't want it to, I didn't want us to ever not do something with our kids and family because we were going to go down there and do that. Um, so it, it, we also, we have three kids and our youngest at the time was struggling. She, we didn't realize it then, but she has um, some minor learning disabilities and things like that, but she was really struggling in school and with her self-esteem and emotionally. And it was, it was a lot and, you know, we're all through it now, but at the time it was requiring a lot of my attention and focus and going and being sexy at trapeze was the least, you know, thing on my mind. So we actually, um, went to marriage counseling and, um, not necessarily because of that, just, I felt like, how do we get on the same page? How do we find, um, ways that we both get what we want? Because I didn't want to tell him no. And I didn't think that was fair as his partner to just say, you know, no, but at the same time, I couldn't go in really with a great attitude saying, yes, I want to be here and do this with you. So that was interesting. 
the counseling because we tried to dance around the whole swinger lifestyle thing and kind of talk in, in general terms, which there were some other things too. Um, Philip is very much, you know, you only live once and life is for experiences and I'm much more, I'm good. You know, why, why rock the boat, you know, type of thing. So, you know, there were some other areas of life that those um, differences were showing, but the lifestyle was the biggest. And she finally called us on it and said, there's something else going on. And, and uh, we, we did tell her and her reaction was, um, well, I've done some work with sex addiction before and da, 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 da. And it was like, no, I, I knew that's not what this was. And, and it was very quickly, but that was kind of frustrating to, um, not to have feel her valid. go down that road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but it, it did help a little bit. She did show me, cause I always also thought too, that he wanted these things cause he wasn't happy with what he had. And I learned partly from her, that wasn't the case. He just really does have that personality where it's like, what else, what other fun could we do? What, what do we want to do next? And so it wasn't necessarily, he was unhappy or not satisfied with being a dad or having kids or me. It was more like, you know, how else can we have fun? And, um, so that, that was a good thing that came out of it. And even at this point though, it's the conversation of introducing other people that was still not even part of it. It was just a way for you two to get away and be sexy together right? Absolutely. Yes. And it was actually just the opposite. It was, if you want somebody else involved, tell me now, because I'm going to completely shut this down. That was what Elizabeth would say. Yeah. There okay. was actually a point in time where he was doing a lot of work in LA and we're in Florida and uh, he'd be over there for weeks at a time. And I contemplated giving him a weekend hall pass saying, if you really need this, if you really need to go be physical, if that's what this really is about. And you just can't tell me, I would give you this gift of going and doing that. And, um, you know, he was, he was like, no, that's not what it is. It's about us together. It's about you being able to shut off that mom brain and, and us have fun and dance and, and all that. And I mean, it had gotten to that point where I really wanted this for him. And I remember him saying like, I can't do this by myself. It's not like golfing where I can just go and do it without you and like, it's like, <laughs> do it with you. Um, well, now that I know there are couples that just do it by themselves, but that wasn't what we wanted. And that's not what he wanted. And and it wasn't, I finally did real believe it wasn't about having sex with other people for him. It was about us having fun and doing it together. Um, but it was still hard because it just felt like such a conflict to our family and our mom, you know, being taken care of our kids. So that was really hard, but he had a big birthday coming up. So... So, yeah, so for the next couple of years, we went to trapeze um, maybe once or twice a year. Sometimes it was great. Sometimes it was not so great. Um, we learned, we know now that anxiety played a big part of that. Not knowing at the time that was a, a big factor in it. Um, and that was bit. still, that was still, <laughs> I guess that, that was after 2014. So you went to counseling and, and kind of realized all of these things. And then you slowly started going to trapeze a couple of times to just be together and find that sexy place to go yeah. have fun together. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes we'd get there and I'd have a drink and I'd immediately feel sick to my stomach. Like I said, at the time I didn't realize that it was anxiety and sometimes it would just hit me wrong and the night would be done. I and mean, there's just no way I can have any kind of fun when I'm you know, about to be sick. Um, right. So, yeah. So then fast forward to, uh, I had a big birthday coming up and for my birthday, I wanted to go to a trip like the hedonism that I had always kind of envisioned, but we were always scared to 
partake in because we were scared that it was going to be too much. So we researched it a lot online, or I researched it a lot online, and we said if we're ever going to do this, we need to go to what we understood to be the nicest place that this occurs at, and that was Desire Pearl. So we booked a random, I think, three nights or four nights in Desire Pearl, and we went, just the two of us. Um, and this was, like, two years ago? I'm trying to follow the uh, timeline. 2015. Okay. So three, yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of for our anniversary slash his 40th birthday. Yes. So we went, um, and summarily, the trip was... Almost a disaster. <laughs> oh, no. I think, I think we're one of the few people that, after uh, our first Desire trip, it was kind of like, what in the world was that? What what did we just do? Um, we know now why it was that way. There was, first of all, we just picked what worked on our calendar. So we there was a lot of different groups of people there and some of them were there for different reasons than we were. And it was, um, it was not really our crowd. And now we know that, but that played a huge part into it of not feeling sexy because yeah. it was to us, I, no offense to them, but it just wasn't a sexy crowd to us. Also, we felt like this was our one chance to do this. And so we, we got to pack it all in. We got to do it all. I had brought a few clothes, dresses that were really sheer and it's like, all right, I, you know, I've worn this and had I worn it before. Yeah. I'd, I'd worn, you know, the dress at trapeze and had fun. Um, maybe not. I don't, anyway, it doesn't matter. I wore it there and felt so uncomfortable, so insecure. I kept drinking and drinking and drinking and, um, got very, very sick and a day and a half was ruined. I couldn't leave our room for a long time. Um, and Philip was frustrated. We'd spent all this money. It's supposed to have fun. We have fun at trapeze. Why can't we have that fun here? You know, it's just, just not ever going to work. I'm frustrated that he's not a little more understanding. It was just a disaster. Um, we did actually talk to our first lifestyle um, people there. Met a really nice couple who seemed super um, friendly. I don't know. I think I was sick and you were at the pool by yourself, poor thing. And you finally chatted with somebody. And then when I came out, you're like, all right. I swear to God, these people are super nice. They're not going to bite. Um, so yeah, that was the good thing is we finally talked to somebody. And, and um, going, going into that trip, were you, again, were you still in the mindset of this is for us, we're going to be in our space? Or were had you started to discuss the possibility of introducing other people? Oh, no. I didn't want to talk to anybody. There was nobody that was going to be involved in what we were doing. And, um, like I said, even to the point of being friendly, there were two couples there that I don't know how to describe it. There was energy between us, but I don't think we, we did talk cause I remember there we exchanged names, but I think they were just as new and as scared as we were. And, um, no, we never had dinner with anybody. And again, nobody approached us. I, again, I've got a really good long history of having this don't touch me look on my face or my resting bitch face. So I didn't realize I was giving that off, but I wanted to give that off. I didn't want anybody to come and talk to us and approach us. I didn't want to have to tell somebody, no, I don't want to have sex with you. That would have been, that would have been so uncomfortable and awful for me, but we did talk to that really nice couple and they kind of gave us like some of the super basics. Also around this time, I started listening to podcasts and I, one of the first ones I listened to was a curious couple and I was really touched and I know it sounds a little silly, but empowered by, um, a, 
it was the first time that I thought of this whole realm as something that I could get something from, not just a way for Philip to be happy. Mm -hmm. And it kind of flipped a switch for me of, I, I never thought of it that way because I didn't have any interest. I didn't have any interest in other guys. I didn't have any interest in being sexy with ladies. I, you know, like I said, I have, I have a lot of vanilla friends. My life is very full. I don't, I didn't have a need, but hearing her talk about, um, having some of her fantasies fulfilled, I had no fantasies, but like, wow, you know, she wasn't just doing it for her partner. She was doing it for herself. And I found that very empowering and it made me start to wonder and think, you know, maybe there's something I could get from this. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong, thinking it's just this gift I'm giving him, or it's just us together. And I just have to like, you know, endure some of the uncomfortableness of other people around us so that we can have fun. So that was kind of a turning point for me is to hear her perspective. So we left desire and, um, we did a lot of talking about what went wrong and we realized we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We realized that the group we went with was not our cup of tea. I think for Elizabeth too, a big part of it is she was always afraid to take the first step because she was afraid of the last step. She never wanted to talk to somebody and give them any inclination that she was interested in anything related to the lifestyle because she didn't want to at some point have to tell them, no, I'm not interested in having sex with you. So it was easier to not even take that first step than to worry about the last step that was going to occur. Yeah. yeah. I'd hate to have to turn somebody that just, that's not fun for me. So like I said, yeah, I just rather avoid it all together. So we regrouped and we decided to try temptation because we still enjoyed vacationing together. We liked a little bit of the sexy element. So we're like, all right, well, temptation is not as, as much pressure that, you know, it's got a little bit if we want. And I think at that point we had actually reached out on the forum and talked to a few people before, um, very minor. And of course, when we got in person, we're like, oh, they're nothing like what we thought. So that didn't really pan out. But, but you had feel, already, you had already started, you said listening to podcasts too. So you were already learning a lot more I, about this at the point. This yeah, point. Absolutely. I was starting to get some of the, you know, the vocabulary and some of the, you know, different ways people did different things. And, um, yeah, kind of lost that whole key party, you know, uh, impression that I came into it with. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, temptation was a great trip for us. We had fun together. We met a really great couple and, um, just had dinner with them and danced and they were more new than we were. And they were going to go on a day pass to desire. So we felt like, Oh yeah, we can share this with you. We had fabulous sex in the phone party. Um, just the two of us. And it was just a really good trip. And we came off of that, like, okay, we can figure out what works for us. And, um, from there, um, Philip said, Hey, I think you should listen to this other podcast. Like I found one that, they're just a regular couple. They have six kids. They are very family focused. They just also happen to do this with each other as a hobby. And I was like, okay. So he's like, listen to, you know, kind of hand chose which ones to listen to. And I did. And he was right. It was, it was not big stories of 15 people orgies all oiled up. It was the real parts of how they fit this into their life. And, um, it really showed me that, there can be a balance. I can still be mom. I can still, you know, have all this and I can just kind of do this on the side with my husband, the way that I want again, still didn't involve any other people, but at least I felt okay in going. Um, and that was really liberating for me um, yeah. to do. And what, what was the name of that podcast? 
that was Swinger Diaries with Page okay. and Pen. And mm-hmm. um, so that one was kind of like, oh, you know, here's another way that this is done. And this that fit a lot better for me. Yeah. And, and that was so, more just to give yourself the permission to go yes. and be in that environment. Still... Yeah. Still at this point, no no desire to be with other people. I know I sound no. like a broken record. Yeah. No. I'm just I'm just trying Actually, to make sure. You're saying that too, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> no, and that's one of the biggest reasons we wanted to do this with you guys is to share our story because we never came into it with that. I mean, if anything, I fought it tooth and nail because I truly didn't want it and I saw it as a threat. Um, so yeah, no, but again, you're right. That gave me the permission. I can still be a good mom and go have sexy fun with my husband. In fact, in some ways and hearing them, it would make me a better, different mom. And, and, you know, all those, those things at the same time, our youngest got some things settled in her school and, and things were settling down there. Um, I think financially we had a little bit more disposable income to be able to take some of the trips. Our kids were getting a little older. Um, so we booked another desire trip and said, let's try it again. And we went to RM this time. Yep. And we had a great time. We had a really good time. We were social, not with the interest of talking to anybody for lifestyle purposes, but just purely being social. You know, sitting down and talking to somebody who just happens to be next to us. And, you know, we've gone to many vanilla resorts and you sit down and you talk to somebody out of the blue and they think you're a weirdo swinger and you do it at desire and they talk back to you and it's just nice and it's fun and it's liberating and it we just had a really great time yeah and there was one couple there super hot that were very friendly to us and answered our questions very nicely about you know where else did they think that we would enjoy traveling because they'd done a lot of traveling and that was the big part of it for us and there was energy between us on the dance floor. Like we'd see them over there and that type of thing. And it got to the point where it was like, all right, if they go in the playroom, we're going to go and we're just going to do our own thing, but we'll like be in the same room as them. And, um, it was one of those crazy nights where the skies opened up and the, um, it rained like crazy. It flooded the disco. And it was like, like there was standing water and it was like, all right, disco's done. You know, they closed it down. But that was the first time that, I mean, we had played in the back room at trapeze, and we, but it, it had never been like with the intent of doing anything, but just to know that they were there in the same room was a sexy thought. So that was another baby step. But yeah, we left that trip and we had a good time. So we decided to go again. So this is coming off our very first desired trip where we said we would never go back. And now we are booking our third. <laughs> so you were determined not to give up. <laughs> we had fun. I mean, when we thought about it, you know, the first one was kind of like a, a bad trial run or a rough draft. And once we kind of figured out what worked for us and two, we did a little bit more other things. I remember we went on the uh, catamaran and, um, you know, we had signed up for a snorkeling trip. Unfortunately, I got ill, but, um, you know, we, we kind of balanced it a little more and didn't feel like we made ourselves have to. I don't know, be pressured to do something lifestyle every minute, yeah. which was good. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. So we book our third desire trip again with the intention of never talking to anybody. And I'm actually <laughs> uh, confirming to her that that's not my interest. My interest is very much for us to be sexy in a social environment, um, but it's just going to be between us. And that's all I was really ever interested in. Um, so I'm so- curious and in, in, in sorry to interrupt you, but like, were you secretly hoping in the back of your mind that maybe some point it would switch or were you truly like, Hey, 
if if this never escalates past us just going and having our own fun, you're totally cool with that? For me, yes. I was very cool with that. I, it was something just amazing about being sexy in the same room with somebody with my wife. I, I didn't need to have sex with anybody. It wasn't about having sex with anybody else. It was about our relationship and enhancing our relationship. I think and that's awesome. That, I don't know. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So and, we went to RM in March of 2017. And I think we were there for five nights. And um, again, we started to feel more comfortable. There was a, a couple there that we had met on the first day that uh, were very friendly and very attractive. And, um, you know, we, we chatted for a few minutes in the hot tub type of thing. And we saw them throughout the trip and they were always, you know, talking to somebody different and um, things like that. But again, we were doing our own thing and having our own fun. And they were very experienced swingers and we made it very clear to them. We were not, Yes, we were just on the edge to be here by ourselves. Yes. Yeah. They kind of asked what, what our story was. And we gave them the recap, not this long of here's where we <laughs> were. They thought that was really interesting. And, um, a few days into the trip, you know, we'd seen them around. They said, you know, we, we'd like to chat with you more about this. Like we just, we're kind of fascinated by it. We've been around the lifestyle long enough to not hear this story very often. Um, so one afternoon we kind of all sat, you know, on, on a little pool bed and, um, I basically, we, you know, went a little deeper just as we have here of what our motivations were, what my hesitations were. And one of their questions was, well, what do you do when people approach you? And I said, well, nobody approaches us. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, nobody approaches us. We've been to Desire a handful of times. We've been to Trapeze a handful of times. Um, I, nobody approaches us. And he took his hand and put it on my knee and looked me in the eye and said, to be crystal clear, we're interested. And it was like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, I, I had never even thought or considered that somebody was interested in us in that way, especially somebody that could have probably done a whole bunch more with a lot of other couples there. We made it very clear. We, we didn't do anything with other people. Um, so it just didn't make sense to me. Like I, it, the fact that it was genuine was like the last thing on my list, unfortunately. Um, so it just kind of left me kind of thinking and then they just kind of like, all right, well, we don't want to like make you uncomfortable. We just, you know, kind of wanted you to know that. And they kind of like left. And then Philip and I kind of looked at each other like, what in the world was that? Like, this is just crazy. You know, nobody, nobody would ever want to do anything with us and that type of thing. And so we started talking about it and they also had said, look, there's lots of different levels of play, which I knew, but to me, people that were really experienced and people that have been doing this just immediately, you know, went into full swap and that was nothing I was interested in. Um, so they basically had said earlier in that conversation, you know, you seem to kind of enjoy some of the exhibitionist type of activities. Have you ever thought about just having intentional parallel play with somebody like knowing who was right there and, and being with your own partner? And, um, I thought back to that previous trip of, you know, wanting to be in the playroom with that sexy couple. And then the rainstorm came and it was like, yeah, that was kind of what I was hoping. I didn't know the name of it, but that was what I was wanting and it just didn't work. So that last, it was our last night at desire. And I remember telling Philip, I'm like, Hey, why don't you go find that couple and tell them we'll meet them at the, with the uh, um, beds up on the jacuzzi beds at midnight. And we'll just like, if they're there, great. If not, we'll do our own thing. And he's like, are you serious? And I'm like, why not? You know, like it's our last night here where, you know, they 
obviously know what our boundary there. I trust that they're not going to like, you know, trick us or, you know, whatever. And he said, I, I don't want you to put that pressure on yourself. Like I, I just, that seems like too much. And it was, I don't know, six or seven at night. Like there was hours before midnight at this point. He's like, let's just see how the night goes. And, um, I said, okay. So we went to dinner on our own. We saw them later on that evening and we just kind of missed each other. And, um, we ended up going to the pool, uh, beds ourselves and kind of looked for them, couldn't find them and then searched for them and couldn't find them. And we flew home the next day. And, uh, it was like, I'm sitting in the airport waiting for our flight. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really disappointed. That didn't happen. What the hell (laughs) is it talking to me? And I'm talking to Philip about it and we're, you know, kind of just sharing. And, um, we had exchanged contact information with them and he's like, well, why don't we email and tell them that? I was like, why? Like it's done. It's gone. On. You know, we're on an, you know, about to get on an airplane home. They're going back to where they live and they don't live close to us. And it's like, ah, you know, make their day that, you know, they, you know, meant something special to us or whatever. I'm like, whatever. I think it's a waste of time, but go for it. So he wrote a quick email. And by the time we had landed, I think we had a response. And uh, it was basically like, wow, we had no clue because that's not the signs and signals that uh, Elizabeth was sending off again. And it was it was very sweet and there's lots of opportunities in the lifestyle. It's a small world. Uh, you know, I'm sure our paths will cross again. Um, type of, it was just a really sweet, you know, correspondence and it's like, Oh, that's cool. That's nice. And like I said, it just got me thinking more of, wow, I'm, I'm shocked that I felt that way. And then a few days later, we got another email back of, Hey, how are you guys? You know, are you adjusting to life at home? Um, you know, we're back where we live and it's snowing and we miss the sunshine and it just started a conversation and a friendship through email. And, um, I was honest and said, I'm shocked that I was, you know, feeling this way. And, um, so we started exploring, well, what would it be like if we happened to get together again? And again, I'm like, you know, we're not getting together. These people live on the, you know, who does that? And, uh, <laughs> A few months later, we were hopping on a flight to go have a weekend with, um, you know, to meet up with this couple with, um, you know, a very clear understanding. There was no pressure. There was no promises. We were going to go and have dinner and hang out and, um, you know, see what fun we'd talked a little bit about. It might be a little bit sexy to have a, some light touching. <laughs> that was as far as I was willing to, um, fantasize about. So we had a great weekend. It was very friendly and comfortable. We did not do very much physically, but it was fun and exciting. Um, and, and sorry to interrupt you, but, and Philip, during this whole time, were you surprised by this? I'm assuming, or and how were you feeling about it? All? Were you also like excited about it? I was more excited that my wife was excited. Uh, this is, you know, somebody who made it very clear that we were never going to be involved with anybody. And if that was where my interest lied, that we need to, to stop doing everything. So for this incident or encounter to have caused this in her was mind blowing for me. Yeah. Um, so we had a lot of conversations after that and it was like, well, what if we did this? Well, what if we, you know, kiss this other couple? What if we did these other things with this other couple? But we, we won't ever go, you know, that far. 
but what if we did this little bit? And it, it really invigorated us. It also, we had some very honest conversations. I felt like that desire trip opened the door for me to even consider. I had always just said, no, 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 because it was too scary. Not that I wanted it and wasn't being honest. It just, I didn't even know my real thoughts and feelings because it was, it was cocaine. It was too dangerous to even consider. And I'm a very responsible, conscientious, conservative person. So no, Mm -hmm. I didn't even honestly ask myself those questions. And I was able to ask Philip, like, would this be okay with like, would, you know, really have some genuine, uh, real deep conversations. And, and that other couple had really encouraged that in us of like, you got to communicate and communicate some more and talk. And, and they were kind of checking in with us too, of like, you know, where we were with that. Um, so that was really good. But I finally got to the point where I realized we define our marriage. We are the ones that decide who takes out the trash, who cooks dinner, we can also decide what we do with our bodies with other people and what we invite and involve into our bedroom. And it really became liberating to take full ownership of we're only, you know, responsible to each other that this idea of, um, being monogamous or, you know, what this society's definition is doesn't have to be ours and it doesn't have to be right or wrong or good or bad. It has to be what we want. And, um, it finally just kind of clicked and I didn't know what that was, but I wasn't scared to find out. And that was a really good feeling. Yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting too, that it, you know, it it took almost a decade of exploring it and, and what ultimately kind of pushed you over the edge was meeting other people and talking to people that were doing it and showed you how respectful and conscientious and and just enjoyable the experience could be without trying to trick you guys or pressure you into something you weren't ready for and that 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 was something that kind of opened you up to be like oh well we we could be like that and we could do this and do it in a in a way that is good for our marriage and isn't scary definitely and they were very much a couple very much in love. And this was just something they did on the side. It wasn't trying to fix their marriage. It wasn't about them trying to have sex with other people. It was very much about them as a couple. And they were so in love. And we looked at each other and it was like, we could be that, you know, we're, we're, we love each other. We don't need to interact with each other or excuse me, other people, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to talk about. Yeah. And it was okay if we did. It didn't take away from that. It, it just enhanced it. Um, so, yeah, we um, uh, then decided to go to, uh, we jumped right in and went to Naughty in New Orleans. And, um, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we started listening to some other podcasts. Uh, we listened to We Got a Thing um, with Mr. and Mrs. Jones. And um, we started to kind of be exposed to the whole kind of podcasting world and some of the different people within that. And so Naughty was fun. We went in thinking, again, it's a trip that we're going on. If we happen to have fun with some people while we're there, great. If not, we had some good dinners and a few nights away from home. Um, but we had a really good trip and uh, kind of built a little bit more confidence and that this was something fun that we could do. We were able to meet people at the bar takeovers and not be scared. I, we didn't 
um, do a lot with a whole bunch of other people. Our special friends were there. And um, so that was another good time to interact and see them and kind of built on that friendship and relationship. But yeah, and then we just kind of continued to do that and then got to a point of, okay, we cannot keep hopping on a plane every time we want to go have fun and we can't keep going to desire. And even trapeze at this point is still a little far away. And then we learned about Cassidy and we learned about SDC and it was like, do we want to do this at home? Do we want to open this up and, um, you know, add this other level of more fun into our lives? Uh, so we slowly did and we did not have a lot of success there. We, we kind of learned that, um, it's, it's just a little bit harder. I think desire kind of helped bring some like-minded people together. And, uh, some of the local stuff was just a, a bigger population to draw from. So I think our chances of finding people like us were a little lower. Right. And I think too, we were looking to recreate that relationship with the couple we met at desire earlier. They became yeah. very good friends with us. And today they're still some of our actual best friends. you know, I mean, we talked to them about vanilla stuff. They've been to our house. We've been on numerous trips with them and we, it was such a great relationship. It was, how can we recreate this? You know, th this is, this is our first relationship. Yeah. We, we didn't, else. we didn't know at the time that that was so rare and unique and they kept telling us, but it didn't make any sense to us because we didn't have other lifestyle friendships to compare it to. Right. Um, in a way was also, a, it became a slight problem or issue because I thought the way that they enjoy it was the way everybody did. And that was, that became my model. And I, I too much, I put too much, um, emphasis. Like I didn't realize that was just their way. Like it didn't have to be the way we did. And luckily as we got to know other couples and we talked more and it's like, Oh, well these people do it this way. And you know, so in the beginning I kind of was like taking their model as what we had to do or should do as far as like frequency of how often, and, and they're in a very different situation than us. Their kids are, are grown. And, you know, so it was like, I, I still don't, I don't want it. I can't do it that often, or I don't even have the desire to go out that much and things. So kind of had to balance that with realizing, and they didn't, weren't trying to say it was their way. I just, we didn't know. That yeah. Well, that's the only model you saw that was, that was a working model. Right. right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask my question again. So at this point you were still, <laughs> were, were you, you were now to the point where you were like, okay, we could be interested in some interaction with another couple on a physical level. Or were you still just like, we want the, the sexy friends that we can talk about stuff with. I think that I was interested in interacting, but I have to say we'd go to clubs we'd do things and I'd look around the room and I wouldn't feel that connection that I felt with our special couple with anybody else. And it just, it was like, eh, no, I'll, I'll take Philip like in a heartbeat cause he's my favorite and it's the best. And it was just one of those, like, I wasn't willing to do something I, you know, that was just kind of going to be okay with somebody just to have an experience. So but we were having a lot of fun with the special couple. Yes. We were definitely moving from very light touching to soft swap uh, interactions. And we were having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. And even though like, we saw them over time, like each yeah. trip got a little more. Yes. And we were probably seeing them every six to eight weeks. Wow. Yeah, maybe once a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, there was a lot of new relationship energy there, and um, you know, and and we were hearing from them like, look, we've we've done this a long time, and we've not 
you know, had a special couple like this and we were having a lot of fun too. So it was, it was good. And I was cautious and I know they were too of knowing like, you know, cause they obviously had had a lot more experience than us. Everybody did, but you know, they had had some experiences with being exclusive before or too much and, you know, kind of given, I was like, no, I don't want to be exclusive and, and all that. But so we were having fun and knowing that we were probably going a little deeper than what other people were. But you know, I think we were all kind of watching for anything that was a problem, warning signs. There were a few times where we'd be in different, um, like events. One time when we visited them in their hometown, we went to a club and they knew a lot of people there. And, you know, when they talk to people, they're very flirty and sometimes, you know, touching and, and kissing and things like that. And it was, it was really odd for me to be like, are we on a date or you, you know, kind of just like, I had all these vanilla rules that like, when you're on a date with somebody, they don't go and kiss somebody else, you know, like while you're at the table. And so it was just kind of, I, I couldn't quite figure it all out. Like I didn't want them to be exclusive with us, but at the same time, I'm not sure this part was working for me either. And so it was just a lot to, um, figure out and navigate. And, um, but we started and we kind of realized we needed to have some other experiences and we needed to let them be part of our fun, not all of our fun, but it was so easy with them. And so fun with them that it was easy to just <laughs> book another trip with them. Um, so we, we kind of had to say like, all right, we got to, we got to do some other stuff too and balance that out. Right. Um, and diversify the portfolio. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, which was hard because again, I felt like I had to start all over again because I, it wasn't just, oh, now that I've done this with this one person, I'm ready to go with anybody. I it really was looking for a connection. I'm wanting, I, you know, I don't need love and commitment, but I need, I need more than what's your name. And, um, so um, and like I said, I, I don't I hate to say that I don't need to do this. I, I love being with my husband and having sex with him. So it's like, unless it's going to check all my boxes and I got a lot of boxes, I, sorry, but I'm not interested. So, um, that was kind of frustrating because I didn't want to have those boxes, but I do. And, and trying to, to make all that work was, uh, was a lot. So, you just said you wanted to diversify. You said you wanted to diversify a little bit. Did you start going to other? You, well, you tried Cassidy and online dating that wasn't really for you guys. So, did you just keep going on vacations then? Uh, we tried some local meet and greets and tried a few dates. Uh, nothing seemed to work. You know, we we had this model of these were our special friends and we should have that instant connection like we do with our special friends as we did with everybody else and just didn't happen. And it was a surprise for us and it made it a very difficult situation for us. And we quickly uh, realized that it probably wasn't going to be replicated. And it was to our dismay because we were really enjoying our friendship with them. Yeah. So we, I remember thinking like, well, maybe they're just the only couple we ever do this with. And when that runs out, it's done and we're done with it. And we just go back to being sexy with each other and, and, you know, parallel playing with, with people we don't know. So I I really thought that that was kind of where it might be for us. Um, but then we (laughs) booked another desire trip. (laughs) um, (laughs) As one does. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we went in November of 2017 and, um, we went into that one having some kick conversations with uh, one specific couple that we really seemed to get along with. And um, they were almost as new as us. And when we met in person, we just really had a good time. And it, we felt comfortable enough to say, you know what, let's just see. Like, maybe there doesn't have to be absolute fireworks, 
but we got sparklers. Like, let's, let's see if we can just, you know, at least, uh, you know, do that. And, um, so we had, um, a, a good encounter with them that I think was like a little bit of soft swap and then parallel. So it was like, uh-huh. okay, we, we can, we can, you know, we don't have to just have our special friends. This can be fun too. And then from, oh, there was another couple that had reached out to us beforehand. We'd had a couple reach out to us that was going to be on that November trip. This was the, uh, we got a thing and swinging down under takeover in November of 2017. They looked great, loved their profile. The problem was they lived in our hometown and that was just a deal killer for me. It was way too close to home, but we did meet them and have dinner beforehand and we really got along and they were just great people, but it was just dinner. That was it. And then when we were at desire, they had a bunch of other friends and we talked to them and had, you know, like conversation, but they were occupied. We were occupied um, you know, just kind of didn't ever hit it off. And, um, so we left that desire trip feeling, okay, you know, we had, you want to add more? Did I skip over? <laughs> we don't have to tell everything. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the uh, contract. No. <laughs> you know, were a very important detail in that we had been, uh, interacting with our special friends for a very long time at this point. And we, um, they it was on a trip with you, uh, not initially, but they ended up showing up our last night. Not they over. Yeah. They didn't show up. They overlapped. Yeah. Don't make it sound like they came night. for us. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we're here. Surprise. <laughs> um, but we had a lot of interactions with them at this point. We had seen them basically once a month meant every six weeks they had come to our hometown multiple times we had gone to their hometown we've we just had a great relationship and a great time um but up until that point we had strictly been a soft swap couple and we probably thought we were going to stay there forever um but after a lot of discussions and a lot of uh hard questions for each other um we ended that trip with a very amazing night with our special friends where we had full swap for the first time. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, it, it, this would probably surprise people. I had a lot less issues with full swap than I think you did. Um, for me, like you said, I was always scared of taking the first step, not knowing what was coming later. But once we kind of started down this path with these people I felt comfortable with, when it was like, okay, I'm ready to do this, or I want to try this, it was very easy for me to go into that. So I did not feel that it was this huge, like, you know, level up or, you know, anything like that. It was just the next best thing that to do. And, um, I, I think there was probably a few times before that I was probably ready and you weren't quite there yet, which was totally fine. It wasn't something I was dying to do. It just became a, almost like a non-issue. Like if it happened, great. But it it wasn't this pinnacle, oh my gosh, we're crossing this boundary. Are you ready? You know, how are we going to feel type of thing? And I was surprised by that. I I was surprised how easy that once we found people that we really clicked with, it it didn't really matter at that point what we were doing physically, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that's really like, it's surprising after so many years of being like, oh, I'm not even going to talk to anybody to being, oh, a full swap. It's not that big a deal with these people that I really like and I'm really comfortable with. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, it was, it was great. And we left that with, um, excitement of, okay, we can recreate this with other people. We had this great fun with our special friends. Um, you know, what's next. And, um, 
we started going on a few more dates with local people. One of the, the local couple from November was really friendly and it was like, you know what? They're good people. They're not going to out us. Um, you know, and we, I finally told them like, look, we go to the same grocery store. Like we're, we're that close. And I just wanted you guys to know, and they were very discreet and very understanding. Um, I've never been embarrassed about people knowing what we do. I don't ever want my children to have to suffer or be embarrassed for things my husband and I have chosen to do. And that's always been my concern with local stuff is I don't want to be the rumor. I don't want to be the butt of somebody's joke that would hurt my kids. I can handle it. I have no shame in it really. Um, but I know it would cause them trouble. So that's always been my reason for privacy and, um, wanting to keep things quiet close to home. Yeah. I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you've at this point progressed all the way from refusing to talk to people to full swap and to meeting people that are local. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess the question that we would ask is where do you see yourselves taking things from here or is, do you feel at this point like you have in the past where you can check that box and you're done and no, no more is needed? So we have had a lot of fun and we continue to have a lot of fun. Yeah, so that was December and we're... Since then, we've had um, more several fun. other full swap encounters uh, and we're looking for more. Uh, you know, we, we've had a great time with it. Um, we very much believe this adds to our relationship it doesn't in any way take away from it it's not something that we have to do but when the situation is right it's a lot of fun and it it really enhances the relationship and you know we we've gone on local dates we've gone on other desired trips clubs we've gone to other clubs now we've been to clubs all around the country you know surprisingly we started off as don't ever talk to us to, we can't wait to the next time we go out because we have a lot of fun doing this. It's a very social thing for us. And when the time and the connection is right, it can be a lot of fun sexually as well. And we're really enjoying ourselves. And that's been a huge surprise to us, but it's been great for us. Yeah. And, and I think the thing that you just said right there at the end, that it's been great for you as a couple right now, it's not like, oh, this is so great. I finally get to have sex with other people. But the thing that it's done for your relationship is what is what is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's I was kind of tease him like, remember when you tried to get me to play tennis? And, uh, you know, like this is so much more fun, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it is it's it's given us um, something to giggle about and, you know, um, just kind of have that sexy secret with each other and to, uh, we both have really taken better care of ourselves physically and, um, you know, health wise and diet and, and things like that. We take more pride in our appearance. Um, I, I don't think that either of us were kind of frumpy, but it, it just kind of reminded us, um, that, you know, we, we've, we're not just mom and dad and it's been a really good um, I think balance and our oldest is 16 and is going to be heading off to college. And I'm not as sad about that. It's, it's good that we are reaching another part of life and um, that we've got something on the side that we're excited about. And it's been very good for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for us, we, 
and everybody approaches this differently. But for us, this is not about sex with other people. It's never been about sex with other people for us. It has always been about us and our relationship. And to us, it's just like bringing a toy into the bedroom in that we are enhancing our own sex life. This just so happens to be bringing other people into the bedroom with us. Right. And yeah. it's a hell of a lot of fun. And also the friendships and the social aspect and the, you know, all, all the different pieces and parts that go with that. And um, it's it's been really neat and fulfilling. And we've met some fabulous people and have made some great friends and excited for, you know, what's what's more to come. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, going when you first started doing this, you you were adamant that you had to be a good mom, you had to be a good dad, and if you did anything that took you away from your kids, you were automatically disqualified from that category. At, at this point, do you feel that by what you have discovered about yourselves and the time you take for yourselves, do you feel that it actually has enhanced your ability to be parents or... Do you do you still feel that, it, that it's not possible to do both well? I think it's absolutely possible to do both. It has made me a better parent in many different ways. Number one, I think that our kids get to see a loving, happy couple. Um, we kiss more, we touch more. You know, they they think it's gross and disgusting, but like they are seeing us um, be in love. They are seeing us take time for us as a couple. They now know that, um, probably once every two months we will go away for the weekend. And it's just part of our routine now of mom and dad being time to to be without you. And we will be back and we love you. And that's good, you know, and all that, but we need to be a couple because that's who we are as well. In addition to that, it's also really changed my way. I parent, I have three girls and seeing the empowerment in female sexuality has been eye opening to me. And it has influenced the sex positive atmosphere and um, it's really affected my parenting with wanting them to be okay with what they want and know what they want and probably a little bit on the feminism side of, you know, why is completion of sex defined by a male orgasm? You know, like, well, uh, you know, who the hell decided that's when things should end when she's sitting there and she hasn't come. So, I mean, it's just it, to that point of, um, it's influenced a lot of bisexuality, of um, talking about that. I've had some very open conversations with my 14 and 16-year-old about um, bisexuality. They have quite a few friends that are, you know, somewhere on that scale, and that's what we were talking about. Of in their minds, it's a scale, and we're all on it somewhere. And there's not these boxes you have to check, like it felt like it was when I grew up. Of you are, or you aren't, or what are you, and label yourself. And so it's it's given me a lot of information. There have been a lot of things specifically on your podcast, I've wanted to somehow clip and save to show my kids. There was a great, um, one that Malik and Nadia did on consent. And I, I want my teenager to hear that not about non-monogamy, just about consent with her body. So it's Mm -hmm. given me so much more information that is relevant to life. Um, and, uh, it's, so it's, it's really impacted me in a lot of different ways. Well, I will say, first of all, thank you. And and I think that's an amazing thing that you just said about everything that you just said. And and I will put this out there for you and for anybody else who's listening, that if if you're wanting something like that, send us an email. I will more than happily splice together a handful of clips 
and <laughs> make make them available for anybody who wants them. So yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've actually. So yeah, I mean, I know you get to the part where you ask about, are you out to anybody? Um, yeah. But, well, I was I was going to ask kind of a similar question. Well, first off, like, yeah, are you out to anybody? But also, you know, you have you have both been going on these vacations for quite a few years, and you mentioned a few times that you have a lot of vanilla friends and family. I'm sure. Have you? have people been suspicious of where you guys go, what you do? Uh, has that come up at all? And that kind of rolls into, are you out to anybody? Yeah. So in the beginning, when it was just about us, we actually shared that with a few different people with my sister and some close friends of, you know, when it didn't involve other people. Um, and a few of them had done something similar with some of their friends and things like that. Once it crossed the line of being physical, we stopped talking to people about that. Almost everybody. Yeah. I do have my closest vanilla girlfriend knows all. And, um, (laughs) she is a really a great sounding board for me. Um, she had a very different upbringing than me. She dated tons of, a lot of people and met her husband later in life and things like that. So a lot of the stuff that I talk about, she kind of chuckles and she's like, yeah, Elizabeth, like I I went through that when I was 20, you know, like it's just a different perspective. Um, so yes, she knows everything. My mom actually sat me down one day and said, do you have a health problem? And is that why you guys go on so many trips to get treatment for something? And I felt awful that she thought that. And I said, no, I promise everything is fine. We really just enjoyed getting away and being adults, which was the truth. Just not all the details, um, <laughs> which is usually how I handle things is, is I just tell them the parts they need to know. Um, people know we do go to Mexico a lot and we've been honest and said, we found some great all inclusives down there and we just really enjoy them period. <laughs> yeah. Um, but our 16 year old, um, is a very perceptive person and she's also a little bit nosy and eavesdropping. (laughs) And, um, so she had kind of mentioned that she was somewhat suspicious. And one day she said, I'm pretty sure you guys are swingers and that's why you go to Mexico. And Philip and I looked at each other and we're like, Oh shit. (laughs) And I looked at her and I said, do you want to talk about that? And she said, no. And I said, okay, you let me know if you want to, because I promise you that your dad and I love each other. You have absolutely nothing to worry about that. We are very cautious and responsible and would never do anything to harm our marriage or our family. And she said, I know that. And I said, okay, good. So a few months went by and, um, she kept telling me she was having dreams that I had a boyfriend. And one day she said that. And, um, I said, do you want to talk about this? And she said, I don't, but I do. And I said, well, obviously it's bothering you. It's on your mind. And we happen to be home alone. Thank goodness. And I said, I think there's some things you need to know because I think it would be reassuring for you. And she said, okay. And I very gently explained to her that we had made a lot of friends and that when we went to Mexico, we met people and we were really surprised that we became friendly with them and that those people have become almost part of our lives and that we interact with them on my phone. And, um, that a lot of these people live a very different life than what she was used to seeing and and around here. 
And that yes, for some of those people, it involved being physical with others and for others that it didn't. And that we were enjoying the friendships and the fun. And like I said, her dad and I are very much in love. We would never do anything to harm or hurt our marriage or our family. And that she didn't need to worry that I did not have a boyfriend. There was no, um, divorce or separation or, you know, she didn't need to worry. Cause I almost felt like she thought I was having an affair. Right, um, right. and, um, she said, okay. And I said, do you have any questions? And she looked at me and she said, do you have sex with these people? And I said, well, I said, the things that we do are private amongst us. And I said, I will tell you, there are some things that are so special and precious that are only for the, the love of my life, your dad, my husband, and that there are some things that are just so just for that connection with him. I said, but I'm not going to get into the private details of my sex life. And I won't expect you to tell me yours when you have one. And she kind of looked at me like you didn't answer my question. And I looked at her as if I didn't answer your question. And, um, but I felt I told her the parts that she needed to know because I don't think I was lying there. There is nothing that will ever compare to the intimacy and the level of love that I feel for my husband. And yes, I was walking a fine line there. Yes. I have had sex with other men, but it is not with the love and the intent and the intensity and the intimacy. Um, and, and that was, that was the real answer of, you know, she doesn't need to know the physical parts. Um, and I've been able to share, like I said, some of the things from your podcast and other things. And she was going through a tough time one time. And I said, you know, my friends asked, like, are you okay now? Are you better? And, you know, and she's like, really? I'm like, yes. Like there's people rooting for you around the country. You don't even know. And, you know, just trying to emphasize the social part to her, which is huge Mm -hmm. to us. It is a big part. Um, so yeah, she's, she's aware she doesn't know the local stuff and we don't get into that. I think she kind of still thinks it's um, relegated to just Mexico. Um, Yeah, no, and I I think, I mean, it sounds to me, and obviously we've never had to tell our kids, but... (laughs) We don't have kids. (laughs) We we came out to our plants, but other than that, I, I don't know. I think that was a really, for anybody listening that has kids, I mean... I don't know that I could think of a better way to do it. No, I don't. I was thinking the same thing as you were talking. I was like, would I handle this any differently? I was like, I don't know if I could. So I think this one's going in the archives of really, really good advice for people. So thank you for that. That's, that's huge. It was not easy. I, I, it needed to be done. And yeah, she, you know, I, I didn't want her to worry and I could tell that she was. Yeah. And so do you think she's feeling better about it all? I do. I think she truly understands. She's a very open-minded person and she is also, she's got a lot of friends that are, uh, somewhere on the, you know, sexuality spectrum. Um, so it's, it's not in off the realm to her. Um, I could see her having some type of non-traditional relationship in the future. I don't know that it would ever include the lifestyle or, um, polyamory or something, but I, she's interested. She, I don't think she's going to follow the same model of, you know, marry a man, have two kids and a white picket fence. Um, Mm -hmm. and and I kind of liked that, that I could share like, Hey, look at how this person does it. Look how that person does it. You know, you don't have to fit the mold. You you can do what you want. So yeah, it's been neat to cautiously share some of those things with her because she is still 16. She's not yet, you know, sexually active. And there's a whole bunch of feelings, thoughts, and emotions that go with all this that, 
she hasn't even gotten to experience yet. And um, I don't want to influence her too much in any way. I want her to figure out what works for her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I don't know if I'll ever be that good of a parent. So. <laughs> I think you need to give yourself enough. It's a, I've, listened to the, I've listened to our podcast, so maybe I'll be prepared. Yeah, maybe you'll be prepared. We've taken all the advice from people, and maybe we'll be prepared. <laughs> uh, you know, this, something we were talking about before we started recording, and you mentioned that there was a reason you guys chose the names Elizabeth and Philip, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to explain that because you said you wanted to. So for us, we feel like the lifestyle is almost a secret second life for us. Just for us. Just for us. We don't share it with anybody else uh, except for the very select few people who Elizabeth happens to share it with. Um, But it's fun and it's exciting. And it's just completely different than the perception of us in the vanilla world. Um, There was a show on AMC or FX called the Americans. And it Mm -hmm. was about a American couple who were secretly Russian spies. We're not Russian spies. That'd be a lot cooler than being swingers. (laughs) You can be both. There you go. That sounds a lot more fun, but we somewhat related to them in that they had this very secret life that the rest of the, in their vanilla world did not know about. And it's, it, it, it seems to have a lot of the same themes to us. And for that reason, we chose their names, Philip and Elizabeth. The characters. The characters from that show as our pseudonyms for this interview. Perfect. Cool. Well, we won't tell anybody it's not your real name. <laughs> um, but I, so, I, I mean, first thing we wanted to do, we wanted to thank you both for your time. And I know this interview didn't necessarily follow our traditional path and i think we're starting to scrap our traditional path and yeah we're growing and learning as we interview different people however it was an amazing interview but i want to ask one of my favorite questions because i i love this question so do i i know what you're gonna ask (laughs) we need from each of you your number one blooper from anything lifestyle related whether it happened to you or because of you Mm. number one does throwing up count because i've done that multiple times um i I think that counts yeah well i think you have to tell us and then we'll we'll determine whether or not it counts (laughs) yeah so um first very first play experience super nervous um had eaten something at dinner that i probably shouldn't have didn't know all the rules about you know what to eat not eat to eat And, um, we had a very soft swap interaction, which was fun, but to be completely honest was, was still a little uncomfortable for me. It was so new that I wasn't sure that it was, you know, my thing. And we, um, after a little bit, I, I literally said, all right, I'm tapping out. I need my own guy back and, uh, you know, finished with each other and had this great time. And and they left our room and I don't think the hotel door had shut and I ran to the bathroom and threw up. And I threw up for the next three hours and, um, it was, it was bad. And I remember sitting there thinking, what the hell am I doing? My body is telling me this is not for me. You know, you do not belong here. This is not, you know, and it was just, uh, and we had a whole nother day planned to hang out and to go to the club. And I remember thinking, I'm, we're just going to hang out. And then I'll say, look, you guys go to the club. We're just going to rent a movie at the hotel that, you know, 
Um, so the next morning they're like, Oh, how, how are you guys? And I was like, do I tell them I threw up all night? Do I, you know, cause it, it wasn't them and I didn't want to hurt their feelings. And, um, so yeah, but the funny part is, is that I did feel better. We had a great day hanging out. We walked around their town and, and, um, got ice cream and just learned about each other. And when it was time to go to the club, I remember Philip saying like, you know, we don't have to go. We don't have to go. And I'm like, I know, but I feel good and I want to go. And a few hours later, we were naked in a playroom in a sixum. And that was a really big turnaround from the night before of, uh, feeling so uncomfortable and, uh, throwing up. So yeah, I rallied. I'm a good rallyer. Nice. Rally. Well, and wow. that's why you don't eat a blooming onion from Outback just, <laughs> just before an orgy. Yeah, no, it, mine was gargonzola covered steak, which is amazing, but not, <laughs> not, that. not that night. No, no, no. With a, with a side of roasted garlic cloves. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right, Philip, we didn't forget. Sure. Uh, so mine would probably be our first desire trip. Um, just the amount of pressure that we had on each other and knowing now what we know, we, it was just entirely too much pressure to the point where Elizabeth couldn't swallow. Oh, I forgot about that. Couldn't my, eat, my throat couldn't closed. drink for basically three days. Yeah. You know, we, we thought it was just her getting sick. It turns out it was the amount of pressure that we put on each other. Um, to the point where I was checking for flights home and wow. we are about to, uh, in two months from now, we will be on our sixth desire trip. Um, so it was a, a lesson and that you need to take it as things come and enjoy the experience and not have expectations. Yeah. Well, and yeah. both of your bloopers really show the power of your body to like telling you that something's not right and, <laughs> and, and realizing that anxiety and stress can cause a lot of physical reactions. And I think that, yeah, there's something to be learned about that. And you, sometimes you need to listen to what your body is telling you. Well, and that was a big deal for me because I kept saying, does this mean it's not for me? And right. I had people saying, this is not for you. And that kind of made me mad because what I realized is I just hadn't gotten to the point where it was okay with me and it wasn't the right situation. I was going into it, trying to make it something that wasn't mine. And that's what I had to do differently. And that's what I've really learned a lot in this past year is I can't use the model that somebody else did. I can't go into it and flirt the way somebody else does. I have to do it the way it works for me. And that's what makes it okay. And when I put the focus back on Philip and me of what we want to do and what's fun for us, I have a fabulous time. And then honestly, everything just flows. Then a couple all of a sudden next to us is chatting with us. And this happened to us. We met them three hours later. We're naked full swapping with them. Like it's, it's not about, it's not for me. It's that I can't go into it trying to do it the way that anybody else does. And that's yeah. been, the, and that's really why we wanted to do this is to say, yes, you'll hear people's stories, but that doesn't have to be the way you do it. You have to give it time and, and do what's comfortable for you. And if that means going and watching for five years then do that, if that's, what's fun and sexy for you. And I know that there's other ones out there that are, you know, kind of get on their soapbox of this, you know, this is the way you do it. And I don't know, that's, that's why we wanted to do this is if, if what we do, do doesn't work for them, I really don't care <laughs> that because yeah. it works for us. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a perfect way to sum up 
everything that you said and it's and it's perfect advice and I think it's a and if you don't mind it's a perfect place to leave it because I think that's I don't know that's the epitome of why we wanted to do this show is to show that there's so many different ways to do it and that what worked for you might not work for them and what worked for them might not work for you so I, yeah I think maybe we say thank you for everything that you've mm-hmm. given tonight it's been a totally awesome interview. Yeah, you guys have been great. And thank you so much for opening up and sharing, you know, a vulnerable story and, and your and what's happened and how you've evolved and learned. And I think there's a lot of people out here, out out there that will find there's no one out here. <laughs> no one out, here. <laughs> out there that will find this interview very helpful and fascinating. So thank you both again. Absolutely. There was just one other thing I wanted to say is recently I was kind of struggling with um, feeling like I wasn't what somebody had wanted. And it finally kind of occurred to me that everybody is in the lifestyle for a different reason. For some people, it's, it's to have sex with other people. For other people, it's the social aspect. For others, it's something fun and exciting once their kids are are flown and grown. Um, And I realized that because everybody's in it for a different reason, there's no possible way that I can be that right person for everybody. For some, it's, it's, a, it's a fetish of, oh, I want to be with a redhead. I'm not a redhead. There's no way I can possibly fit the box for that person. And that's okay. I can't um, take it personally that it's about me. And it's okay that I can meet people and they not be the one that I want to be with because I'm in it for my own reasons. And even though this is a really nice guy or he's super cute or whatever, you know, it's, it's okay that it's, um, the way you don't all work and fit for each other. And I don't know, I just kind of had that epiphany a few weeks ago of it's, it's helped me not worry about turning people down or being turned down. It was a lot more, there, there's no possible way that I could possibly be what everybody wants and they can't be that for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, the other part is we just wanted people to know that, um, sometimes the things you hear, um, people explain or recap, um, are their best version of it. And, um, while they're certainly fun and exciting, we've been in some of those experiences and might have a different way to describe it or explain it. If that makes sense So don't be intimidated by other people's stories. They are their stories and, and not that they're, you know, not factual, but it, 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 like I said, you can make it your own. And, you know, specifically, we've been in 10-person orgies, and it was a lot of fun, but it wasn't everybody full swapping with each other, which you would uh, maybe assume when you hear the The word word, 10-person orgy or phrase, whatever that is. Right. Um, And it was, you know, we interacted with who worked for us. So don't be intimidated by those stories. Yeah, no, exactly what you said. When people hear orgy, they think it's just this craziness and it happens, but a lot of times it's much different than what they could imagine. So, and it was one of our favorite memories. We loved it. We don't mean to, you know, um, to not be, uh, glowing about that, but I could see somebody thinking that and, and I it's different in person. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And just to make a, I guess, comment on your point about not being, the right person for everybody. I think that is a really key point of advice that takes, it takes every person a different amount of time, I think, to come to terms with that in any relationship, because it's 
not just the swinging or non-monogamous relationships and other people, but even in your primary relationship or however you define what your relationship style is, you're never going to be everything to that other person. Like I am a taller person, so I am never, you know, if Finn really wants to have sex with a tiny woman, that's not going to be me. And I think that is something that in general is hard to wrap your mind around and, and definitely gets harder, especially in this, in the swinging community as well, when you're, you want to be something for everybody, but it's just the way it is. And that's why there's so many wonderful people on the, you know, in the planet and everyone brings something different and just try to keep that in the back of your mind. Absolutely. And it's okay for me to say no to somebody for those reasons too. Like I said, I started out with a lot of guilt of, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't, you know, of, of, you know, I'm not doing it to hurt their feelings. I'm doing it because of the reasons I'm in it. it, it, They don't match and that's okay. We can still be friends. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have some great hands-on lifestyle friends. They're some of our favorite people that, you know, we, we, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, we uh, we have a lot of those as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Well, thank you both again. And is there anything else that we may have missed that you wanted to mention? I think the only other thing is, if you do go to Desire, we highly recommend going with the intention of going with a, either a group or people you know, or not just picking a date on your calendar, um, like yeah. we did. We we won't do that again. And the first times we went, we were absolutely, we were not going to go with the group because those were the serious swingers that were going to oh, yeah, we hold you down scared. and have sex with you. Mm-hmm. But we've learned that uh, they tend to be the most, uh, the groups tend to be the most sociable people uh, and are make it a lot of fun. So don't be scared of the groups and probably actively try to go with the group. Yeah, we couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, and I would say not only are they the most sociable, but... Typically, and uh, this probably depends on the group you go with, but typically they're the most well-versed in the areas of consent and understanding of the way that this should be done properly, especially if you go with a group that's associated with maybe another podcast, for example, that, you know, emphasizes those things throughout their show every week. Those people by nature are going to have that beaten into them. And know yes. that that's a that that's a cornerstone of when they show up there. That's what's expected. So mm-hmm. yes, yes, you'll find very like-minded people if you find a podcast that resonates with you and you go with that group. Yep, I yeah. would agree. Couldn't agree anymore. <laughs> All right, are we done for real now? I think so. All right. Well, it's up to them, but yeah. I, I, yeah, no, we're, we're I'm good. not gonna. I'm not gonna try and end this because every time I try, I get vetoed. So. Well, but everything you bring up is such good advice oh, that I don't no, want. I'm not arguing. <laughs> not arguing with that. So, but, well, no, all right, we're good. Okay. So go Perfect. Wonderful. Perfect. Thanks again, and definitely stay in touch. And uh, yeah, have a wonderful evening. All right, you too. Thank you. Bye. 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 Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome us back to you. That was a fun time, huh? I don't know. I think there's something alive in our light. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're back. Thank yeah. you to Philip and Elizabeth and 
everyone involved for taking the time out of their evening to sit in their closet and chat with us. <laughs> yes, exactly. We had a great time and hope everyone got a lot out of that interview. Yeah, and if you didn't, there's something wrong with you. I'm just... Wow. Yeah. No, I'm just going to say it right out front. So, next week, what do we have? We have an interview. Obviously. With Crystal. Yay! She is the website editor for a website called blackandpoly.org, and we have an awesome, awesome conversation with her about polyamory, race, and being on the autism spectrum. Yeah, it was a fascinating time, and we hope that everyone will tune in next week. Until then, you can just set normalizingnonmonogamy.com as your homepage, <laughs> and you can see us every we, single day. And reach out to us, too, please. If anyone wants to be on the show or has a question or just wants to say hi, please reach out to us. We love getting emails. Also, you can find us on Twitter and Cassidy under the screen name NNM Podcast. I think they know that by now. Well, you never know. It doesn't hurt. Okay, then let's go because we still got to get on that airplane soon. Yes. Uh-oh, we just told them that we just recorded like 10 episodes in a, in a row. Four. Four. But that's the same as 10. It's similar. Okay. Bye, everyone. Oh, fuck. Stop. <laughs>